salesperson probably should have warned him. Sorry about discount tire going out of business. <laughs> no, it didn't go out of business. It was an engineering mix-up is what happened. Oh. Oh. Yeah, they're pretty good. I use them. Well, but we still encourage everyone to, while you're listening to the rant, to go out to discount tire yeah, in Corinth. Yeah, pre pretend it's a remote. At Swisher Road and I-35 and listen to the show there. Yeah, just sit in the parking lot at discount tire and we'll have to do a, on your radio. We'll have to do a simulcast there. I guess we're kind of doing a simulcast everywhere in the Metroplex. Yeah. But hmm, it's good specifically point. discount tire. Never thought of it that way. All right, what do you got, Rick? All right, so did you guys see this where um, a couple who chartered a plane to allegedly join the Mile High Club? Yeah, I saw this. This was in the paper today. Yes. Well, it kind of went awry. They didn't make it either way. They didn't. They didn't make the Mile High Club, and they didn't finish the uh, plane ride. Well, the couple was 60 years old, too. That's too old to be doing that. <laughs> Why? That's just gross. You, you shouldn't mess with a grandmama's privates. <laughs> you don't know she was a grandma. Well, you know what I'm saying. Old enough to be one. Well, the people that offer this service say, as the name might imply, we ought for flights for couples to privately and discreetly join the Mile High Club. If we have to explain, you're on the wrong plane. That's their motto. Either of you guys in the Mile High Club? Nope. Gordon? No, not with a partner. Yeah. Those saying. long flights to Europe get a little boring. Yeah. Just, go, just go back by yourself. I just get real tense, and I need <laughs> to relieve tension. <laughs> need help going to sleep? I don't, yeah. I don't get sneaking into one of the bathrooms on, on the airplane. Those things are tiny. Getting a room to maneuver. I guess. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> What's the... Well, it keeps hitting the flush button. <laughs> I, how do you go about doing that? I don't know. Well? I don't know. I don't think I've ever really known someone who's done that. Really? Yeah. I think it's a lot more rare than you think it is. Yeah, I think it's a big game. Yeah, I think a lot more people claim it than have actually done it. Right, David. But, I, but I mean, is it like taking a pony ride or... Okay. I'm going to say an airplane Calm ride. Calm it down a little bit. So would you want turbulence at that particular moment? No. To enhance the situation or want a no. smooth, clean ride? Maybe it'd be like one of those um, zero-G planes where it <laughs> goes straight up and then, and then, then it nosedives. And you're pressed back in the top of the bathroom, screaming. <laughs> well, anyway, what happened here was um, they requested a Mile High Club excursion. This uh, pilot picked up the couple in his black Cherokee, took him Come to the on. airport. And then the th three boarded the plane without much notice. And then about 15 to 30 minutes into the flight, the male passenger opened the partition to the front where the pilot is, placed a knife at the pilot's throat, ordering him to divert the plane south to Cuba. Hmm. So the pilot proceeded to go south. Then yeah. the pilot said he tried to knock his attacker off balance by making the plane take quick dives and climbs. So he was trying to do the zero-G thing. Right. He wrecked it. So, did it say, are the, uh, the man and woman, are they Cuban or Hispanic or anything? They're a mystery couple, which I'm, I don't know how that could be conceded. The pilot survived this. Because the scuffle ensued between the pilot and the male hijacker who dropped his knife and accidentally broke the throttle handle. And the now, do we, do we know that the attacker broke the throttle handle or was it the wife? Stop it. Like, maybe... Tell me, man! Maybe it's like the guy who gave his uh, well, this might give gave his girlfriend too much Spanish fly, and she was impaled on the gear shift. This might this might give you some insight because the pilot said he pushed open the pilot's door next to the cockpit. Come on, Does that help you out. 
cockpit? Yeah. Or the pilot's door. Now, this is a wild tale. Anyway, the pilot... Hijacking off the coast of Cuba. Yeah. And then, so... So the, the, the attacker was going in the pilot's back door. Right. Then the pilot... And the... The, the pilot yes. pushed out and escaped. And the, the throttle broke off. The pilot withdrew from the plane. <laughs> Just at the last moment? And survived. Before everything got all wet? When they hit the water? Before there was a big crescendo. And the mystery couple is now somewhere down in the Bermuda Triangle, I'm sure. Well, what is this? This is like one of those reality game so that, shows where you have to find the mystery couple. Yes. Be the first one to find them and return to the Statue of Liberty. Is that, uh, is that what you call it when it's on a grandma? What? Bermuda Triangle. Stop it. I don't think I Bermuda don't, has age. I don't think age has anything to do with Bermuda. Well, this is a um, type of grass, isn't it? A quick thought here. I don't Cobra. understand why flush that this is not a real my mile high club membership if no you because charter it, a plane to do it the whole point it's the I danger thought, yeah yeah that's like hiring a limo who right. cares you got to do it on a commercial flight where people are banging on the door wanting to get in to right. do their business it's it's like renting out the botanical gardens and having it all cornered off and then going out there and having sex yeah. somewhere like a or even a hotel it's that mundane because you're hiring a service for a pacific act Pacific Act. A they, Pacific were Act. Yeah, they were over yeah. the Gulf of uh, Mexico. Yeah, probably the Gulf. Yeah. Like what you said. So that's, that's like a child. You talk the way a child talks. When? <laughs> a Pacific Act. Do you say Pacific. Do you say ambience? Do you say Paschetti? <laughs> I do say Paschetti, yes. Chimbley? Pumpkin? And I drive us a pot. So, There. So anyway, I don't know. You're right. It should be on a commercial flight, usually full. Yeah, because the people... If you want to do something the, the very adventuresome. The people that participate in the Mile High Club are the, pe the people, the same people who enjoy... Public stuff. Public stuff. Yeah. Because it's the fear of getting caught. Yeah, it's the thrill. Right. The thrill of the chase. You ever done that, Rick? What? Public stuff? Well, describe public. Like, you know, you basically know what I'm talking about. Like where there's a risk of getting caught. Yeah, maybe maybe back in my good old days. Like, where's the closest? Where's the riskiest place? Ass. I don't know. Home plate. Uh, of a, of a baseball stadium. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What kind of baseball stadium? Um, minor league. College? Minor league ballpark. Yeah. That was when you were in the minors. Was this during a game? Yeah, between innings. Was it with the yeah, minor? Yeah, it was, it was a uh, big sponsored event and brought the mascot out and had a lot of fun. Gross. Yeah. The mascot's your fluffer. <laughs> you, look over there, you look over there before the performance and the fluffer. mascot's just down there. and so It's like one Rick's of those fluffer. Mascot's kneeling. And... Ow. Got a San big, Francisco crab or whatever they got. On. He's Rick. pulling his beak sideways. <laughs> like the chicken. The chicken. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so it's like one of those minor league promotions, you know, like when they have the uh, the, yeah, big, like, the like, big closet with like you know fifty dollars floating around. They right. just pull somebody out of the crowd to <laughs> dime beer take, night, take a ride on Rick at home plate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so what else you guys got? Well, I, I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll get into this now because I kind of wanted to talk with uh, Rick about it. I we, saw we the take a break. Should we? I don't know what you think. You're yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll tease this. I saw the worst television show in the history of television the other night, and I'm going to talk to you about it now. All right. All right.
it will be here. The ticket is local. Day part change yet. Ramp starts at 10. This is the pre-ramp. This is the ramp up to the ramp. 9.52 on the ticket. A couple more minutes to the tee box. Corby on his way to the airport to go to uh, Oxnard to be at the Hardline next week and hear about all that. Now, next week, um, Dan McDowell, the unappreciated golf expert, will be filling in for Corby because he won't be getting back on time. And we'll talk PGA, big championship, Ryder Cup, all that fun stuff. But in studio at 9.53 is uh, Gordo. Why do you keep bringing me into this? What? You're, well, you're here. You just well, want to sit there and do nothing? you show, right? Oh, no, I'm not doing nothing. I got I'm nothing preparing for the like, two-hour rant. Give me a tease. Like, give me some stuff. Give me, give me some headlines. That... It's a ticket ticker tease. Well, that's a good one, though. What do you got? Um, I'll be by the channel. Well, we got a lot of news, actually. A lot of stuff was going on. Breaking sports. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the story of this surrogate mother that's being sued? She or? agreed to have some babies for, or a baby, for this couple. Yeah. And now she's broken the contract for a very odd reason. How much was the contract for? Was it so much per $20, kid? $20,000. Per kid? No, it was one kid. Oh. They were only wanting one kid. Twenty grand for nine months. Not worth it. I'm going to say no. Well, it depends on her lifestyle. I mean, maybe she's... Well, you can maybe bag on a lot of money. Want. It was like a lot of money. Nah, 20 grand for nine months ain't worth it. Yeah, you know, a bunch of stuff. we got a lot of things going on. It's going to be a great show today. What else do you have? Um, I have a... Uh, Did just you kind of a story about down. the uh, golfer in the Metroplex getting struck by lightning? No, I missed that. Do you have that? Yeah. Wow. Sure do. Would you like to hear something? Uh, yeah, let me hear it. Because it is golf-related. Um... A man was taken to Parkland Hospital yesterday after he was struck by lightning. 52-year-old man was playing golf at Cross Timbers Golf Course. Uh, I guess that, that's an azel, right? Mm-hmm. 2.30 p.m. Okay. when this happened. All right. When he was struck. He was listed in critical condition. But he didn't die. No, but critical condition's not so great. Well, it ain't death. Yeah, but it's not the best give me, condition. Give me the critical condition over death. That just, that's just me. I'm sorry. Kind of picky that way. Well, you're a golfer. You worry about that? Yes. I don't mess around See, with I don't lightning. See, I don't think golfers do worry about it. No, I think most do. Well, I can't say that because there's a lot of guys that are drunk by the time they get to the third hole. Uh-huh. Everybody thinks you're bulletproof. But if I see lightning out there, um, the problem is there's nowhere to hide on a golf course. So I think you should almost always have to be drunk by the time you get to the third hole. Well, to make the round feasible and enjoyable, yeah. Golf's a tough game. Do sure. well. Even though you're, you're an underrated golfer. I see you swing. You're getting to that point. I may have a swing, but I, don't, I can't play. You're getting to that point where you're going to start hobnobbing with Hollywood socialites and everything. That's how you make your, how you make your contacts. In golf? Yes. You know, I've, I finally decided that I'm, I'm not even going to pursue golf. Although I should. I know I should. It just, it's too time-consuming. What do you do for recreation? Good. Uh, read and sit around. You don't do anything? Drugs, 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 drugs. Like <laughs> oh, Norm, I don't or... do that. You do any exercise? As far as, uh, like purposeful exercise? Besides lift your money? No. Nothing. You do your lawn anymore? I do lawn. I mean, oh, I do all that kind of stuff. You have contracted that out yet? And working on a house, that takes a lot of energy. I mean, it's a lot of exercise, but it's not dedicated exercise to where I'm going to have to... You Run on an artificial course. You don't have a pastime. Polishing the bishop. So running is a pastime, but reading would not be. I'm talking about act active-wise. I mean, you can actively read, but... You're talking about some little sport that I play. Yeah. 
Okay. Just something to hang out, you know. Okay. Not chess or video games or anything. Uh, no. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I go on kicks. I went on a six-month racquetball kick one time. I hate that sport. Love racquetball. I love racquetball. I haven't played in like a year. Suzanne and I really recently went on a, yeah. a two-month tennis kick, playing that, tennis a that's lot. That's a beating. Tennis, you need to have somebody that's close to you in ability or it's terrible. But no, I've gone on no kick that's just kind of lasted for years and years and years, like golf or horseback riding. You had the bicycle kick. Weed. Yeah, bicycle. Well, I that, have a bike. Have that Vespa or whatever you got. I've also got that. That doesn't count. I would think that that's not as much exercise. Motorizer. I was right. just checking. As you get older, yeah. up, in, up in the But years. then again, I mean, I look at, you know, most of the guys up here and like Corby, mm -hmm. I swear that guy plays golf two times a year. We don't so, play as much as we should. So technically, I play time. racquetball more than he plays golf. Right. So I don't know that golf is really his pastime. It's one of them. He runs, plays soccer. Yeah, but if you're only doing it twice a year, that's not a pastime, is it? Well, or are you just talking about any? Yeah. Are you defining it as anything that passes time? Yeah. Well, then that's everything. But you don't play everything golf. Everything has to have some sort of duration. Some longer than others here. Yeah. I'm so confused by his question, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> Well, let's segue on that great note. Let's go Seg to uh, you. Let's go to Davey's uh, worst TV show. Yeah, I I had to bring this up because I was so shocked when I saw it. Uh, there's a new show on Comedy Central, which has some good shows. Uh, you know, The Daily Show with John Stewart's very funny. Very good. I don't have that channel. Martin Short. That's okay from time to time. That Glick show. Mm -hmm. And of course, South Park is is genius. Still funny. Yeah, is it, is it's it really? actually it's actually funnier now than it's ever been. Because you know, kind of the heat's off. They're not, you know, the pop culture phenomenon anymore. Right. So. I think my kids moved on to Jackass. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, anyway, is that still on? Yes. I never hear about. I never hear the buzz about that show anymore. It's actually, good. it's pretty funny. I don't have NTV. I have the worst cable ever. <laughs> um, but there's this new show on Comedy Central, and it's called the Chris Wilde Show. And it's this dude, it's like a Gen X talk show. He has a live studio audience. He has a, a, Gen S, a Gen X sidekick who just is wearing, like, baggy cargo pants and, like, a hooded zip-up sweat. Hooded zip-up, oh. uh, like, sweat jacket. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like a Unabomber. Yeah, and he just, it, it, the sidekick is, like, the complete antithesis of any other talk show sidekick because he just sits there. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, like, completely non-participatory. What? He's black. No, he's not. <laughs> and this Chris Wilde dude, he has tall, spiky blonde hair, and he's got a big old horse mouth. And he spends half the show just going, Woo! Woo! All right! Woo! And he, a couple times he was like, Man, I can't believe I have my own show. And he has his desk with all these toys on the desk, and they came back from break one time, and he was like, <laughs> like crushing the toys on his desk. Who does he have for guests? Give me a lineup. Well, I only I only stuck with it for five minutes because it was so god awful. Well, maybe you just caught the worst five minutes I've ever had. No, they had. I'm no, uh, pretty sure of that. They had as his first guest Harlan Williams, the spare comedian who's been up here at the ticket. Yeah, if that tells you how spare he is. Well, I don't he's remember not bad. him. He's funny. He's the guy. You, you ever saw? Uh, you ever see Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. You know the um, motorcycle cop who pulls them over and drinks their urine out of the beer. No. Oh yeah. Beer bottle. Uh uh. 
I can't remember. It was a memorable part. I saw it once. But anyway, he had a bit part in Dumb and Dumber as that officer. He comes on there, and, you know, he's trying to play along and, you know, throw out some jokes and, you know, help this kid out. I don't know how old this Chris Wilde is, but... Does he look early 20s? He, no, actually, he probably looks like mid-20s. Uh -huh. He looks like he's trying to look younger than he is. KTCK, Dallas-Fort Worth, KTBK, Sherman Dennison, KTDK, Sanger. But uh, Chris Wilde is the worst over-laugher. I mean, he's worse than, like, Falwell and Doogie combined. <laughs> wow. Because anything that would come out of this Harlan Williams mouth... He Chris, starts laughing before Chris he finishes like... <laughs> It was so annoying, and he had nothing. He would try and piggyback on Harlan's jokes. N nothing. And he's so cocky because the name of the show is The Chris Wilde Show Starring Chris Wilde. That's supposed to be funny. Mm, it's not. Why are you so judgmental about the guy? He got his own show, first gig. Why does he deserve a show? That's my question. See, that's what's burning you up. You just have to recognize the fact that some people work harder for it, I guess. P1, I don't know. I, P1 reaction? I want to see if anybody else has seen this show. All right. Now you're on ticket. the ticket. Hello? Yeah. Hey, uh, can you guys explain why Davey Lane's not on the hard line? I mean, you guys always talk about everybody. But can you just explain what oh, we talked about on? that. Yeah, we talked about Every it week. after it happened. Oh. Basically, Bruce, our boss, decided to hire Kevin Scott. Yeah, That's... he liked Kevin better than Davey. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yep. Hi, you're on the ticket. Hey, sport ticket fun. Hey. Hey, I uh, actually got some info on that Chris Wilde show. Okay. Uh, last Sunday was its debut. Yeah, debut. And, uh, I, I stuck with it a little longer than Gen X Davey. I, uh, I saw this god-awful shock value thing, and there was this 60-year-old woman heckler in the audience just basically saying, you suck, Chris. And then they cut to this montage of them competing at a carnival, you know, throwing darts at balloons and all sorts of crap like that. And then eventually they start going at it in the Ferris wheel, just like hardcore going at it. And it was really disturbing. But the thing about this Chris Wilde, he was in a show called Strip Mall, which was also on uh, Comedy Central as uh, one of the guys who makes, like, basement porn. And uh, I guess he kind of parlayed that appearance on that show into this Chris Wilde show. But you're right. It's pretty god-awful. Was he funny on that other show? Uh, he was okay. He was just... But it was more the situation, you know. It, there'd be some, you know, scantily clad chicken from me. He's going, hey, what's up? You know, just... Sounds it's good. It's more situational than, Innovative. than anything else. Bad. Baby arm? Fun? Love? Are we ever going to get past the fun with old people stage of comedy? Seems like I've seen so much of that. If you want tension, you just bring on an old person mm -hmm. and put them in a sexual situation with you. Yeah, well, I, I saw um, I saw a tease for uh, the the uh, Spy TV the other night, uh -huh. uh, and one of the bits they teased was like a seventy-year-old man walking naked down the street. Really? Doing what? Just walking. Dragging it? No. Just shocking people as they turn the corner and see this naked man. Why is it so funny when you're young to make fun of old people? Because why does that appeal to young people? Absent-minded. Be because you're invincible. Yeah. Because you're not old. I guess that's what it is. It's flaunting, I guess the, flaunting your youth. When you're really young, it looks pathetic. Yeah, it looks it real really pathetic. Does, and yeah. I, I bet you. I mean, and I don't know the psychology of it, but I bet you there's some kind of underlying fear. I bet when you see that.
it's such an antithesis to what you are, but yet you know that you may eventually be there. That you, it, I don't know it's about It's fun it. to make fun of it. I, th I don't think you can fathom the idea. Right? Yeah, you can't I relate think, at all. I think it's more denial. Like, I'll never be like that. Right. It's but you have to be in denial of something. Well, I don't know. I, you know, how long has it been since um, the actual duration of, of a life was maybe like 30 years, 35 years? Medieval times, maybe? Well, certainly then. But I don't, know, I don't know if the body is meant to go this far. Oh, I mean, yeah, th it is. think about it. Back in caveman days, I don't, did, well, it, did well, any woman ever have menopause? Well, I mean, they, didn't, they didn't reach that age. Okay, if you want to talk disgusting. Just uterus talk. Well, maybe we'll have uterus talk some other week. Hi, you're on the ticket. Oh, damn. Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah, hi. Uh, can I talk to Dave? Yeah. yeah, what's up? Dave. Yeah, did you see the show? Dude, I did. I saw the debut. Was, uh, it, was it as bad as I'm saying? Dude, it was. Um, uh, in regards to what the previous caller said, the uh, that lady was his mom, dude. That's what she looked like. Like, the facial features were the same. Did they set it up that it was his mom? No, no, no. I just kind of gathered that, you know? Okay. Oh, well, let's see. You don't know that. <laughs> Man, it just Gordon looked just like her. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. So I mean, alike that, you know. if it was his mom and he was going to do go that far for a joke, they would have promoted that fact. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. And Davey, I'm uh, from Poughkeepsie, too. Rock on. Went to Krieger. I went to Knox and Road, dude. Yeah, and then we moved to... Uh, There's too many dudes flying around this. All right, man, thanks a lot. All right. Hi, you're on the ticket. Hey, Gordo. Man, I caught a good movie the other night I was going to let you know about. It's called Polish Wedding with Claire Danes. Never seen it. She get naked? Uh, just about. I, I had to sit and watch it with my girlfriend. What does just about mean? Because we uh, need to know the and She detail. didn't show the little chubbies, but... It, of course, I mean, I didn't have time to pause or anything, but, I mean, it come pretty close. But you can see the imprints of the, mm -hmm. of the little chubbies. The imprints. Mm. Thanks for your call. All right. Coming up next, the story of the surrogate mother. Outprints. The Gordon Keith Show, also known as The Rant. Uh, we were going to be at Discount Tire today, but we are in studio instead. But we still encourage you to go to Discount Tire. We're going to be there next Saturday. Is that right? I thought it was somewhere else next Saturday. Johnny? You're going to be at Discount Tire next Saturday. During yes. the rant. During the rant. Same Trust one me. in Corinth? Yep, in Corinth, off Swisher Road, 935. Okay. Just Jeez. got the voicemail a couple minutes Where's ago. Where's Corinth at? Sounds good. It's, it's on, uh, north of Louisville. Yeah, mm, wow. it's on the other side of the lake. You know, going to Wichita Falls, uh, I do the uh, drive up 35, cut across on 380, and I'm on 287. And there's no dead space now between here and Denton. Yeah, it's all built up. I mean, I don't remember anything that was really dead looking. It just looks like it's all built up, and there's businesses everywhere, or structures yeah. everywhere. I mean, I've made that drive a million times when I, you know, because I went to school in North Texas, and that stretch of 35 between. Louisville Lake and, right. and and just south of Denton where all the car dealerships are, that used to be pretty dead. Yeah, but it's pretty built up. There are even you know subdivisions right off the freeway now. Craig and George say that when they used to drive, it was like there was not near. I mean, like half of what we have now. That'd be long stretches where you're just driving on highway. Mm-hmm. I almost fell asleep one night. I woke up on the shoulder of 35. Really. It was like a Sunday night. Because it wasn't built up enough? Yeah. There, there weren't enough lights. It was really dark. No, but I, I, I used to, uh, like my freshman year, I would go home on the weekends and then 
go back to uh, school. Did you miss mommy? Really? Yeah, because I, well, no, I do laundry. And, uh... They don't have laundromats up there? Well, they did, but I'd do it for free at home. Yeah. Yeah, well, but you my, spend my, money on gas. Well, my, and my mom would do it. Yeah. Oh. So, my adopted mom, they, to prove you, that she loved me. You can breastfeed. Hmm. No. So, but yeah, I, I would okay. always wait until, like, 10.30 on Sunday night. Because I just dread the drive so much. And then so I'd be so tired when I'd be driving up. <laughs> and uh, there was one night I actually did. I, I would, you know, I'd roll the window down so the wind would be whipping me in the face. Right. And I'd crank up the radio and I'd be, you know, bouncing up, bouncing and, down up and down in the chair. You ever slap yourself in the face? Oh, yeah. And, That's uh, so bad. <laughs> and fish it out, maybe. What? Don't you just... Have you ever looked at yourself Use in the rearview mirror lighter. when you're really tired driving on the road? Yeah, I've done that several times. I look at myself, and my eyes are just... <laughs> just I, can't see, I can't even see if they're open. Just slits. Because yeah. they're just so small like this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I was driving along on 35 between Corinth and Denton. And, uh, you know, drifted onto the shoulder. And then you get that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 all right, all right. Is last, it, is last anything, for about a minute. <laughs> is there anything more alarming than the nod-off? It, it's scary. Oh, man. You know what? And you don't and know I, how long you've been there, too. And, and I'm not a very good... Uh, I'm a very sleepy highway driver. Mm -hmm. The highway puts me to sleep yeah, it's very easily. Right. And um, so I don't see how people do it. Oh, scares I couldn't be a truck driver. No way. Well, they take oh, speed. I couldn't either. I used to, you know, oh, come on. Right. I, I used to, my ex-girlfriend. sorry, Crank. My ex-girlfriend went to school in Austin. You didn't say you ever tell me that you had an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that is like the longest drive I could handle, a three-hour drive to Austin. Yeah. I can't imagine driving for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I know. And I mean, they, I guess some people like it. They, you know, they have the call of the road, but yeah, used to get I, I just get so stir-crazy. Didn't they used to get performance bonuses, too, if they, if they brought their shipment in under a certain time? Yeah, well, now they have all kinds of union rules where they have to have so much of a break. You know, they can only drive for so long, and they have to break for so long, and they have to sleep for so long. Could you live in one of those uh, semi-cabins that they have those, some of those big trick you know, trailers? Not, not a real cabin? You know, the, the ones they have in the back of the... Uh, <laughs> Could I live there? Yeah. Some of them are pretty tricked out. I mean, could you... For, like, how long? The sleeper cab in the back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have TVs in there. They got a bed, a fridge. For how long? I don't know, six months. Do I drive at all during the day or to just live in the back of this No, thing? no, no. It's, it's your whole thing. It's your whole home. You drive during the day and you sleep there at night and, you know, they can get VCRs and you can get whatever you want. Shower at truck stops. Yeah, I mean, some of these things aren't much smaller well, than, a, than, a, than a studio apartment. But what do I get out of it? <clears throat> you get you get the call of the road. You get to well, that's ride not a good to, no. That's not a good deal for me. Independent. Well, you're mortgage free. You still have to pay for the truck. I doubt that truck's too inexpensive. Yeah, that eighty thousand dollar truck. That payment on the truck's going to be more than the mortgage payment. All right, yeah, bad idea. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you participating? I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving soon. <laughs> All right, the story of the surrogate mother. Did we finish with the, uh, well, speaking of driving, yeah. you know, there's some people who, you know, Bruce lives up in Allen, mm. and if he has, I couldn't Who's imagine. Allen? Huh? <laughs> no, it's a town. Oh. Or like, what's that other Figured one? Frisco? That's real popular now. Yeah, Frisco. Mm -hmm. You work downtown, you're, what, driving an hour and a half one way, an hour and a half back? That's yeah. three hours but worth. he gets here at six, and he leaves at seven, so he very rarely People live in traffic. McKinney, too. They work downtown, they live up in McKinney. The only reason I can see to do that is school districts. I guess. Well, you know, how much you can afford? 
Yeah, you can afford, yeah, but you I don't can afford think a bigger house out in Allen than you can Yeah, downtown Dallas is kind of tough. I don't know. I don't know that that much more inexpensive. Yeah, well, you get bigger houses, too, for your money. Yeah, but a lot of people don't need that big a house. They think they do, but they don't. Well, but they think they do. They want the big open floor plan with the vaulted ceilings yeah. and two oh. stories. And you got kids and, you know, nice nice newer neighborhoods. Like where you lived, you don't have many kids. Right. boring. They're starting to get kids. The neighborhood's turning over. Um, Everybody's dying off. My mother-in-law lives in Bonham and works in downtown Dallas. Where? Drives it every day. Where's Bonham? Bonham, way, way up there. Way up there on 75. Mm. East of Gainesville. Like by Sherman? I don't know. Is it pretty yeah. close to Sherman? Yeah, it's over by Sherman, east of Sherman area. Wow. So you're talking that this is unique, though. Living in California, everybody has at least an hour and a half commute. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's just the way things are. I mean, if you, live, if you work in Los Angeles, you live out in Riverside, which is 90 to 100 miles away. Oh, my God. Just to be able to afford a house. So you're thinking that, okay, it's a two hours, let's figure, two hours with the traffic each way. So that's four hours out of your day you're just in your car. Plus eight hours at work. Doesn't leave you any time to squat. I saw a show on that one time. They are talking about how the, in L.A. the urban sprawl is just spreading. Yeah. Because people in Nevada. keep trying to move further out. To, to live in a house they can afford. Right. And they, they, they uh, follow this one guy. He would like he would like wake up at like three in the morning, and get in his car, drive two hours, and then take a nap from like five till oh my god six o'clock in the parking lot of his work, and then he'd go to work. Well, think about it. If you had a okay, let's say you have a family, Gordo. Okay. And your wife wants to live in a you know let's say a twenty five hundred square foot. I house. could never love anyone that much. Yeah, but what I'm saying how, <laughs> how far either. how far how far would you live away from work in order to afford five minutes that place? Five minutes, ten, ten minutes. I'm serious. But, I your, cannot... but your, your body of work was in Los Angeles. Okay. But you couldn't live in Los Angeles because the rent and the, and the mortgage prices. So you oh, had to keep on spreading I'll out. make it work. You just live in a smaller place. The it's wifey worth doesn't it. want a smaller place. No, the wifey knows that it's worth it, too. But she doesn't work. She stays home, takes care of the kids, so she doesn't care about a commute. I don't know about that. My wife is a townie. <laughs> <laughs> she likes living in town. Thank goodness. We see very eye to eye on that. We're willing to live in smaller places to live where we want to live. I've turned Erica around on that idea. She was never big on the suburbs, but she w she wasn't very big on living in town. But uh -huh. now, now that you know we've spent time in town, now she wants to live in town. I tell you, once you get it in your bloodstream, it's hard to get it out of your bloodstream. I just not, so much. I want I want to live in town until the Mexicans chase us out. <clears throat> what? Is there an inquisition well, starting or what? Lord. Jeez. We would lived in, in the city of San Francisco for three years. And it was great. But you can't raise kids there. Why can't you? Too many gays? No. It's just, you, there's, what no the, what? there's nowhere to play. I mean, it's just, it's all, you know, you go down, go down Union Street. Everything's a, a city street. And there's no parks. There's nothing. Oh, I didn't know there wasn't any parks there. Not anywhere close unless you go. What's the one down in uh, Golden Gate Park? Ashbury area, yeah. Yeah. I take the kids there. Yeah, I've seen that part. <laughs> guys sitting on a hill passing one around. More than one. <laughs> Good culture, though. Yeah, but you should live in town, and you should compromise the size of your home for the quality of your life. Your quality of life will be better in town because you don't have all that uh, wear and tear on your heart from driving in traffic. I've got right. a half-hour commute. That's about the farthest I'd go. That takes me about a half-hour to get to Grapevine. Furthest? Yeah, it's not bad. 
I don't know, but I just have no tolerance for driving anymore. I just don't enjoy driving. I'm very impatient to get where I want to go. I thought you liked a Frank Power vehicle. No, I, li I don't like driving. I don't like being on the road in traffic. So you want to be chauffeured in your Frank Power As a matter of fact, vehicle. I think Craig and I were talking about that we would finance paying uh, $50,000 right now to be able to just snap your fingers and be wherever you need to be. You don't have any drive time for the rest of your life. 50 grand's pretty cheap then. Very cheap. But it means a lot now. I mean, in the long run, if you can... The question is, if you couldn't finance it, would you borrow it from people? You know, you couldn't, like, officially finance it. Now, how far, how far could you zap yourself, though? Is it well, and we had to start... Like Europe? We had to start limiting it yeah. because we had, you know... We had grand dreams of having the world's best courier service and, you know, <laughs> just being able to make all kinds of money. Yeah, you can't privatize it like that. Right. And I think we made it to where you can uh, snap your fingers and you and two uh, regular airline carry-on bags can make it to the destination. <laughs> to be transported, but nothing so bigger than that. You can somehow transport bags with you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you're holding on to them. 50 grand still light. What about groceries? Yeah, if they're carry-on size, just two, two bags. bags of groceries. Okay. Right. You have to have your own carry-on grocery bag. Right. Boy, what a whip that would be when you know that you got to make a trip, <laughs> that you're going to have too much stuff to get there and back. Make two trips. Good point. You just Great have to point. have somebody watch your bags while you right. zap yourself back. $250,000. <laughs> would you do it? For a lifetime? Yeah. And you could zap anywhere in the, in the world? Yeah. Like into the lady's shower at the gym and then snap back out? <laughs> yeah, real quick. Just get a quick glimpse. And, but it's just me, or is it per person? Two fifty per person. Two fifty per person. Yeah, I think so. I you just meet everybody everywhere. I'll see you there. <laughs> see How great would that be? Instant yeah, you guys uh, go on to the next place. I'm gonna have them one more drink here, and then by the time they get there, you're already sitting at the booth. No, no DWI. No, no DWI. Could you ever, if you get drunk, could you screw up and zap yourself somewhere you don't want to be? Possibly. And never get back. Could you accidentally be zapped into another dimension? Yeah, like, no. You cannot be zapped into another dimension. Because they got this book. But let's, let's make a rule to where wherever you zap yourself. You like if it's overnight? Well, like if it's out of the state. You know, I mean, you zap yourself around your neighborhood with a lot of specificity. You know, you get mm -hmm. the exact location. But if it's another country or maybe even another state, you can get the town, but you always will be zapped into the worst part of town. And you have to walk? Yeah, you have to walk and get For how yourself. long? Huh? For how long? What do you, you mean? Get, you get zapped in Harlem, let's say, okay? Yeah. So how long, what's the duration you got to stay there? Just get on the subway and get the hell out I of there. I think you can zap yourself right out of it if you want to. Oh, well, that's no big deal. Well, yeah. yes, it is. If you, if you zap, zap. Unless you, like, like you're walking in front of a drive-by. No, I mean, you, a can't, problem, maybe. you can't zap yourself into Harlem and then just zap yourself down into midtown Manhattan. If you're going to be in New York, you're get, you're going to be zapped into Harlem. That's where all the portals are. Like in a crack house or something? No, just on the street. I wouldn't take that chance. But this is free. You don't have to pay any money for this. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't... You, you, so you can never go in the best part of town. It's always the worst. Yeah, you can travel, walk to the best part of town. But you're always going to be zapped into the worst part of town. They're free. Like, huh? They're cabs. Except in your own hometown. Can you wear armor? Armor? Yeah, I mean, can you like you wear you mean, like, like a medieval you know, knight just shows up in Harlem? <laughs> you wear like a bulletproof vest or, you know. Yeah, sure. Oh, so yeah, this, is, uh, this is two fifty. No, that'd be no, free. No, this is free. That's free going to the worst part of town. So you get the, the, if you agree to these terms, you get it for free in your hometown? Free in your hometown, but 
if you want to travel anywhere else, you might want to travel conventionally. Take a cell phone. Yeah, I'd take it for free. Yeah, sure. of course. But I didn't tell you that you bleed out of your eyes at all times. Oh, damn. I, why did I agree to that? All right, would you have the ability to travel everywhere you want with specificity in every country and every state? Naked. Um, yeah, but you, you, have, to have, your, you have to have your clothes and your carry-on <laughs> yeah, really, and then get dressed, yeah, get dressed, dressed quick really just... quick. No, you have to be like Terminator. Wherever you zap to, you'd have to be naked, and then you have to beat up like nine thugs to get their clothes. All right, what about that? What about that you can have your clothes on, but you have no carry-on? Can you buy anything while you're there? Huh? Can you buy anything while, while you're there? Or is, this, is that too ridiculous? You could, but you have to mail it back. Yeah, you can't bring it back with you. <laughs> I'm tired. And in your own hometown, everywhere you travel, it's, you, you arrive naked. How about but overseas, you'll arrive with <laughs> All right, clothes How on. about you can zap anywhere you want in the world, free of charge, but when you're zapped to said place, you, you're missing a body part. So you're limited in how many random. trips you can really... And it's random. No. No way. All right, how about, <laughs> how about uh, you, you're allowed to carry-ons, and you're allowed to wear clothes. But no body parts. And you can zap anywhere in your hometown, but when you zap outside of your hometown, you have a minimum of two layovers of an hour. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you just zap, get zapped some random place, and you have to hang out there for an hour, and then you, next time you zap, you're either at your destination or you have one more layover. Do I have AIDS? No. You mm, might have the runs, Then I wouldn't though. do it. How about the runs? All right, we'll take calls on this next. It's uh, 1023 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. AT. As always, I'm with Generation X David, and our telephone number is 214-787-1310. Story of Drew Carey going uh, into the hospital, having heart problems. Is that a big surprise? No, he's a big piece of lard. Also, we'll tell you the story about the man who kept his wife on a filthy boat, imprisoned for 20 years. Little man in the boat? Now, the guy's not imprisoned for 20 years. The woman was imprisoned on the boat for 20 years. Hmm. We'll tell you that story here in a little bit. But right now we're talking about this hypothetical that came up. You have the ability to zap yourself instantaneously to anywhere you want to be. That's the, uh, that's the tree trunk of this thing. And <coughs> we have all kinds of ramifications. We have one that um, you can be zapped anywhere, but you are naked when you arrive there. You're only allowed two carry-ons. You're only allowed two carry-ons. Anything, you know, like anything that can fit in the overhead bin of an, uh, of an airline, of an airplane, then you can, um, you can carry that with you. And we've just been adding all kinds of ones ever since, and I just thought of one during the break. What if you could zap yourself anywhere in town, okay, with specificity, exactly where you want to be, the booth of your favorite restaurant, so on and so on, meeting your friends. But you, for the next three hours, you have a headache, like a pretty severe headache. From the travel. It drains you so bad. Right. And in addition to this, if you go out of state or out of the country, zap yourself out of into those areas, um, you will always be traveling with Jerry Glanville. <laughs> Would you take that ability? No. You wouldn't take the headache in Jerry Glanville? I'd take the headache, but I wouldn't take Jerry Glanville. <laughs> well, that's only if you go out of state. I mean, in town, you're all right. Jerry Glanville's not there. But what if I want to go out of state? Can I ditch him? <laughs> no. You can try to ditch him, but he always finds you, like, within the hour. <laughs> so you're only guaranteed, like, maybe 45 minutes peace if you actually do lose him? Right. 
<laughs> Otherwise, he's always there and you have to talk to him. <laughs> Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. This is Brad and Garland. Hi, Brad. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, well, let's see. I think Jerry Grandville, I don't know. What if I got zapped out of state? Say I went to, like, Oklahoma. Okay. And, uh, and I had a couple baby arms instead of my regular arms. Mm -hmm. I, think, uh, I think if I was with Jerry Grandville, I think he'd be griping too much about uh, my baby arms and complaining about it like he always, you know, Mike and Dallas are on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Yeah, I got a travel package for you. All right, what's your travel package? How about you have to wear the, 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 the ticket devil suit. Okay. Okay, but you had to be naked underneath, and the devil suit's too small. It's ass or it's buttless. Okay, dump that. No, I'm okay, well, it's buttless, okay. And uh, so your portobello shows at the bottom also, because you don't have any boxers on underneath. Right. All right, but the problem is you have a constant butt itch. Well, you think that you want. Now, what about as soon as I arrive at that place, can I remove the devil suit? Well, no, you have to travel with that. Is That's this the... just out of country and out of state, or is this in town? Anywhere you want. And you, you only have the hemorrhoids while you're traveling? Once you set yourself. And how long does it last? Say 20 minutes. And you can't switch out of the suit? Ever? No, no. You mean you have to wear that for the rest of your life? Well, no, just as long as you're zapping yourself around. Well, yeah, but everywhere you zap, you're zapping yourself around. You can change your, you can change clothes, though? No, you have ten devil suits you can change into. Different colors. So you have to wear it for the rest of your life? Well, until you sell your package. No. Wouldn't take it. But you can go anywhere you want, though. Yeah, I know, but you have to wear the devil suit. That, that doesn't have a okay. rear end in it. You can take it off. But you, but you can't wear anything. You have to wear a sock. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Uh-uh. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hello, Jason. Hey, uh, what if you could zap yourself anywhere, uh, any schedule, any time, whatever, but when you go, you end up there as the total antithesis of what your, like, your race and stature, like, say, some business executive guy wants to go to Pittsburgh, or he shows up looking like he's from the Wu-Tang Clan, or, uh say a Hamas terrorist ends up going somewhere and he looks like a sick Jew or something like that. Well, if you change your entire identity, then what's the point? But, well, you, you, you warn your, whoever you're meeting uh, in time, like, say they're, you're going to a board meeting and say, don't look for me, look for a... Well, yeah, you've certainly ruled out all business travel, but what if I wanted to meet my wife in Europe and I, I show up there? She might I, like that. Yeah, and I guess the antithesis of me is a really well-built black guy. <laughs> And then do you change back to yourself every time you go home, or yeah. what? Yeah, when you go home, you're, you're your normal self, but when Then she keeps go... traveling, because she <laughs> wants me to continue to be that guy. She wants to try to get you to zap into the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a long walk from the kitchen to the bedroom. Could you just zap yourself in there? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, thanks. Ty in Dallas, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Yeah, let me uh, preface a statement by saying I'm an African-American, but um, if you could zap yourself Doubtful. Anywhere, He's black. Well, you're not African-American. Please, sir. If you could zap yourself anywhere think he's African-American, Dave? No. Yeah. Zap yourself anywhere at any time, but yeah. you always arrived with a blood cannon, Gary Coleman, a sea bass, and a ferret. And you always had to take care of them for one day. And then you just set them all free, but then they all reappear next time you travel? Yeah. yeah. And then every other time you arrive naked with peanut butter on your privates and a German Shepherd. Love you. He's blank.
I'd do it if it was just the German Shepherd every time. Just the peanut butter and German Shepherd? Yeah. All right. Drew Carey, the actor. Give us some news music here. Not funny. I've never really watched the show. I don't know. I always remember him on that Whose Line Is It Anyway back when he used to do that. Well, that you know, that the new version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? He's the host? He's the host, and he's got nothing. I mean, he... It's like it's Drew Carey and whose line is it anyway? But he just piggybacks all off, off all the spares that he has on that show. Right, like Chris Wild, <laughs> whatever his name you is. You know that Wayne Brady got his own show, The Black Guy. Black Guy from Whose Line Is It? Oh, he did. Yeah. He was up here in studio recently. Yeah, not that funny. Comic actor Drew Carey is said to be feeling fine after a procedure to unblock a, cor a coronary artery. Carey's publicist says he had the procedure Friday after experiencing chest pains the day before. Doctors uh, cracked open his Drew Carey chest and installed a stent to keep the artery open. Carey's doctors say that he will be able to return to work next week after a few days rest. Like they put a scaffolding in there? Yeah, you know, it, well, it's a mesh tube. Oh, okay. That um, I thought like it just like a two by four, just propped up, holding the ceiling up. No, uh, uh, that's a stud. Oh, okay, it's a stent. We <laughs> <laughs> got nothing on that one. Sorry, that's all right. Uh, all right, the guy on the sailboat. Coming up next, we're going to tell you this guy about this guy who kept his wife imprisoned on a filthy sailboat for 20 years and what has now happened to him. That coming up next on the show. The Ticket. The Ticket. Dallas-Fort Worth's original all-sports station. Sports and information every 20 minutes on The Ticket Ticker at 10, 30, and 50. One of the stories that really jumped out at me and also jumped out at David is this guy who kept his wife on a filthy boat for 20 years. Play some filthy boat music there, Scott. And hopefully I don't have to ask you every time. There you go. A man accused of keeping his wife on a filthy sailboat for more than 20 years is now going to prison. Victor David is 61 years old and he has denied abusing his wife, Linda, saying that she fell often. The deal is, the woman is 52 years old. She was left blind and brain damaged, and her body is contorted by broken bones. Hmm. So, it's, it is really just amazing, David, how slow Scott can be. Were you dropped on the head as a baby, Scott? Why don't we have sailing away in here? That would have been great for this. You just played it. You just played it, Scott. Oh, I thought that was another one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Have you gone through an IQ test, Scott? No. I want to pay to have that done. I uh, would, too. I want, I want to have an IQ test performed on you, Scott, and reveal the results on the rant. Let's do it. I mean, you're a nice guy and all, but you just seem like you move in slow motion. Has anyone ever said that to you? No, I was just fighting to be creative and come up with some sailing music. I apologize. Well, you did. You played sailing. 
But it was only 20 seconds long, though, and then I was Yeah, playing. but then afterwards, you didn't even know that you played the song. I didn't know that was the one. As soon as I hit play, I had to answer Jim <laughs> How could you not? It was the hook of the song. That's not the one Cartman He's... sings and is so funny, though, is it? What? Cartman? You know the one that I'm Sailing Away song? That's, I don't think that's, that's, that's what the you same just one. played. It's Christopher Cross. Have you heard about Scott's uh, scholastic career after high school? No, this is not the song I was talking about, is it? This is Sailing by Christopher Cross. Talking about that, I'm sailing away. Have you ever heard That's of Christopher all? Cross? No. Scott? No, I haven't. Scott, tell David about your collegiate experience. I, uh, I graduated high school and went to Texas Tech for uh, the first semester. See, it just stops right there. For the first semester and uh, failed every class I took. What was your GPA after that first semester? 0, 0.0. I failed bowling. Failed bowling? You think he, you think he cracks 100? No, I don't think he's in triple digit. <laughs> Let's not laugh. No one with triple digit would laugh like that. 85, maybe? I'm thinking 85. What's imbecile, like 70? Um, yeah, around 70 is when they consider you mentally retarded. I guarantee you got, you got them beat, Scott. Yeah, the IQ expert is going to come back and say you're this. You're dealing with the mentality of a seven-year-old. He's on a seventh seven-year-old reading level. What's the last book you read, Scott? Without oh, pictures. Oh man, no. I mean, I I read like Sports Illustrated and stuff, but books. I don't I don't read books. I read Mike Dick his autobiography. I think. <laughs> was that hard to to get through? <laughs> no, it was very simple. <laughs> So what was the last book you read before Mike Ditka's autobiography? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't read. I have bad eyes. It kind of hurts my head to read more than an article or two out of a magazine. And so what about your second semester at college? Certainly that, that first one served as a wake-up call. Uh, I think that was a 0 0.3. I got a D in psychology because my girlfriend took the take-home final for me. Your second semester, you had a 0 0.3. I took all the same classes again. Every single one of them? I didn't take bowling again. <laughs> that <laughs> was too challenging. I, I, actually, I changed one because I took Heritage of Modern Music the second semester. So surely your sophomore year went better than the, the freshman year. Well, I, yeah, I did because I came home after that from Tech and I went to Mountain View and passed some classes there. Okay, now wait a second. You say pass some classes, but tell David... What was the nature of these exams that you took for the classes? And also, what was the nature of the, of the classes? Why? Why can't you say it? No, I mean, I took uh, correspondence classes. Like, self-paced, I mean, I'm sorry. I took self-paced biology and psychology. And, I mean, I had to take English, and I think I took one algebra there. But I was there at least two semesters, maybe three. So do you have your associate's degree? No. Wait, tell us about the exams you'd take. Why do you think you can't talk about that? I don't know. I just don't think I can. Were they oral? Why? Did you do something illegal? No. Well, then why couldn't you talk about it? Is I, it improper? No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just didn't really want to say that. Or do you still not want to say it? I still don't want to say it. Because why? Oh, I don't know. Because you cheated? No. 
It has to do with the administering of the test, is what it has to do with. But he doesn't want to go into it. Anyway, I should say that he, it's just, the stuff that he did get good grades on, I, I myself want to disqualify them, because it's just... But I still passed English and algebra on my own. Self-paced. No, 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 English and algebra, you can't take self-paced, but you're right, biology... Was the final true false? Uh, no. But, but I, like, took three classes I did, weren't self-paced. Just tell us, come on. I didn't on. have any help with. Just tell us. what wh I might have had some help on a test. Or two. By whom? That I won't say. Well, Sydney, you said that wasn't improper, but if you had help on a test, that sounds like cheating. Yeah, I know, but no one's going to get fired. Are they? You don't know that. All right. But anyway, then I moved up to Oklahoma City and uh, graduated from broadcasting school. Yeah, this is another thing. <laughs> then after he took these self-paced courses and did pretty well, he decides that college isn't for him. He goes up to Oklahoma City, enrolls in a nine-month broadcasting school. 30 weeks. And, uh, and so then after broadcasting school, he decides that he's going to send his resume to every single radio station in the Metroplex. And how many called you back? Oh... Well, actually, the ticket was the first one I sent, and Bruce sent a nice letter back saying, thanks but no thanks. Uh, your voice is the weakest thing you have, I guess. Your worst <laughs> asset. Is that pretty accurate from Bruce? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but thanks but no thanks. You know, hardly anybody else sent anything. I think... That's, oddly enough, the same form letter I got when I applied for the hardline <laughs> ticker job. <laughs> so... Then finally, what, five weeks later, our assistant program director... I don't think it was that much after. It was a couple weeks later. Okay, uh, well, that's not a difference that makes a difference. I'm sorry. Cat called and asked if I wanted our to interview. Our assistant program director, in case people don't remember, asked was named Cat. Interview for a board op job. Right. He said he had a few more people to interview, but oddly enough, my mom was his and Corby's sixth grade teacher. So that was your in? I guess so. I'm worried about Scott. I'm worried that he will always have to be a ward of the state <laughs> after the ticket folds. I'm Put up in a halfway house. Do you drive, Scott? <laughs> yes, Gordon. Is it a provisional license? Uh, I have a class uh, A or whatever because I have bad eyes, so I guess it's not A. That's a motorcycle. Would you let us administer a test to you? I mean, yes. Davey and I will come up with our own IQ test since we... But somebody else has to take it, too, you know, like Davey. Like, I mean... Like as the control? Yeah. I'm just talking about, uh, and my IQ test will be kind of just general knowledge instead of, you know, can you figure out this word problem. But that's what I'm saying. Someone else like Davey has to take it, too, to show how truly dumb I well, am. Well, I know how Davey is going to do on the test, and Davey's going to help me put it together. Like, do you know who the vice president of the United States is right now? Cheney. What's his first name? Uh, Dick. And, uh, is this his first time to be involved with an administration? Uh, I don't know. I know he has health problems, isn't that right? You're thinking of Drew Carey. Who was president before Bush? Clinton, twice. What's Clinton's full name? What's Clinton's full name? 
Bill, William. <laughs> William what? He has a very presidential sounding name. I guess I don't know, Gordon. That's all right. I got William right. Yeah, you did. I'll give you a hint. Sherman, Hel Sherman Helmsley. Oh, that's a good hint. That help you out? Jefferson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had help, I'll be honest. Yeah, John Sponsor just told you that. No, uh, Sean did. Sean Lenarose? Who? The... Why do people want to help out? The executive producer of the Dick and Doogie show helped me out. Oh. They have an executive producer? <laughs> yes, they do. That's kind of strange. What's the difference between an executive producer and a producer? I don't know. I think Turley got that phrase going. Do you know when the Great Depression was? Uh, hmm. 20? Around there? Around, around 1920? You're in yeah. the roaring 20s? Was it earlier than that? <laughs> Later, maybe? You like the way he did that, Dave? Was it earlier, and then he heard a laugh? <laughs> or later, maybe? <laughs> I'm going to guess 29. I don't know. You're going to guess 29 was when the Great Depression was. So it lasted one year? I'm going with 29. One horrible year, 1929. You ask when it was, isn't that when it what was? What is a sesquicentennial? Don't know. Well, guess. I, see, bicentennial would be something every 50 years. <laughs> so, what? Every 25 years? That's good, Scott. You're listening to Scott Jones being interviewed on KTCK Dallas-Fort Worth, KTBK Sherman Denison, and KTDK Sanger. I don't know what 25 years is. I don't know what the word for that is. Diamond anniversary? But bicentennial's 200 years. And sesquicentennial, you should remember that. From, remember, that was a big deal here uh, whenever that happened. 90 or yeah, 91. Somewhere in there. That was 150 years for the state of Texas. 150 years. Yeah, your answer doesn't count now, Scott. <laughs> this isn't Mountain View. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're a little bit late now. This is fascinating. Maybe we'll continue on the other side. And we also need to finish up the story of the guy who kept his wife in prison on a filthy sailboat. That coming up next. Join me, Brent Severin. And me, Bob Sturm. I can't believe you did that without me. We mentioned you. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that. Uh, Gordon Keith Show. I'm Gordon Keith along with Generation X David. It's 1114 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. That's the station you're listening to. 214-787-1310 is our telephone number. Uh, coming up here in just a second, the story of the guy who kept his wife in prison on a filthy sailboat. want to see what's going on right here on the phones. Hi, you're on the ticket. How you doing, Gordon? <clears throat> Hello, how are you? Man, I'd, I'd like to uh, do something I think you've been trying to do for, for the last couple of weeks, and that's extol the greatness of the greatest emergency break ever on the ticket. And, and that's when Norm pretty much announced Bullet Bob Hayes dead. Y'all were going at 1,000 miles an hour, you and the Musers. Yeah. 
and when when Norm came on, it was the most awkward moment that I've ever heard the ticket. And I know you've tried to address it, but they keep bogging you down. And if you could play the Uncle Jesse drop for me, then I'd be happy. All right, Scott, get the Uncle Jesse drop ready. Uh, David, were you listening when Norm came on very emotionally? And when was this? Was this pre-Ring of Honor? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 This is when... We had a show. We had a really good show, and God, where were we? Because we traveled somewhere. Sheep, shepherd, allow sheep. We traveled somewhere right after that. It's Buffalo, maybe. Anyway, I don't remember. I don't know where we went. Anyway, so Norm comes on at the beginning of his show. Hey, Norm, what you got coming up? Uh huh. Uh -huh. I just want to talk about something right now. Norm's all broken up and trying to, you know, crying and stuff. And the way he talked, it was like, a bullet Bob Hayes is 12 seconds away from dying. And uh, I think Jerry Jones right now ought to put him in the... I'm sorry, we just got an update. He's 11 minutes away from dying. Uh, ought to put bullet Bob into the ring of honor before this... Okay, he's six minutes. We've just got an update from the doctor. Six minutes away. I mean, he was just on the verge. Yeah, because he, he said something about how he had kidney failure or something. Yeah. And, and Norm had just talked to Bullet Bob on the phone. And uh, Bullet next, Bob was gathering up just enough strength to talk to yeah, Norm. Yeah, to talk to phone. Norm. And apparently he gave Norm some requests to talk to a couple people and tell them that Bullet Bob loved them. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, so the next thing I know, I'm watching Bullet Bob on TV accepting the honor going into the ring of honor. It worked, I guess. So, yeah, whatever it was, it worked. And, you know, thank, if Bullet Bob was on the brink of death, and thank goodness he battled back so strongly. But it was, it was just real shocking. It was really shocking the way we went from the show and then Norm's crying on the air. And, and I seem to remember that press conference being kind of an emergency break, too. Which one? I don't remember that. I, I didn't listen to that. When uh, I just caught a glimpse of it. When... They had the actual announcement, and Jerry rambled on and on about Bullet Bob. Did Jerry ramble worse than Bullet Bob? No, uh, they they both rambled, I think. Huh. So anyway, yeah, and I, for some reason it's come up on the air a couple times. The the norm announcing the death of Bullet Bob Hayes. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so good luck to Bullet Bob. Yeah. Well, apparently and, he's he's going to make it to see uh, the induction ceremony this fall. Yeah. Uh, okay, the guy on the sailboat. A man accused of keeping his wife on a filthy sailboat for more than 20 years is going to prison. Victor David, who's 61 years old, has denied abusing his wife, Linda, saying that she fell very often, and that's why her body was so contorted by broken bones. Like her legs were sideways? Yeah. She had the, uh, the ankles of... Jimmy Kahn in Misery. <laughs> this woman was 52 years old. She still is 52, I assume, unless she's had a birthday. Happy birthday to the woman on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was left blind and brain damaged with her body contorted by broken bones. She requires round-the-clock like, care at a nursing facility. Like Scott IQ? Or... Yeah, I would like to put this 52-year-old <laughs> woman up against Scott. In a test. I'd kick her ass. Well, she wouldn't know any of the presidential trivia because she's been locked on a boat. Yeah, for 20 years. But I even think that with that 
disadvantage of being brain damaged and been out of the loop for 20 years, she would beat Scott at an exam. Despite you kicking her ass, which she's had to experience for the past 20 years as well, Scott. Hey, I don't know why you'd wish that on her, Scott. Uh, Linda David is her name. She was removed from a decrepit sailboat in 1997 after 24 years. Ugh. Her husband had been collecting hundreds of dollars a month from the state for serving as his wife's caregiver. And uh, last year, the state agreed to pay Mrs. David almost $9 million to settle a negligence lawsuit. Wow. So she's she's brain damaged, but she is still... She's money cogniz- savvy. Well, she's cognizant. She She's aware of all the suffering she's gone through. I don't know. That, that's This is very confusing to me. If she's brain damaged, how does she know enough to sue for negligence? She's had to have gotten a lawyer called her, Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure they, they did. So I, I think we may have a number for her. Give that a call real quick. Maybe we can ask her if uh, what she really knows about the world. It's very sad, you know, 24 years being in prison. And I guess she wasn't physically able to escape her husband who was collecting that money on her. Hello? We're rolling screen this right now. Hello. Yes. What's your name? Where are you calling from? The old lady from the boat. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, Linda David joins us right now. First of all, ma'am, I, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt you, but I am more important, so let me talk. Uh, I'd first of all like to express our sympathies for what you've gone through. This is a, a horrific story, and thank goodness that this husband of yours got some jail time. Yeah, you're off the sailboat. Where are you living now, Linda? South Beach. <laughs> you moved to South Beach. That's a pretty hip area. Yeah. You ever go down to the uh, the topless portion of South Beach? Yeah, all the time. You know, uh, I've spent 24 years without a brassiere, so... Oh, no, that's got to be embarrassing. But I would think that uh, that would be the least of your worries. How How, are, how is your healing coming along? And, and now that you're getting the proper kind of care, how, how are things? How's your body? Well, I heard you mention that my ankles are splayed out like James Conn in misery. So I pretty much have to waddle around like a penguin. That kind of sucks. Yeah, that 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 doesn't sound like it would be <clears throat> be uh, comfortable to walk that way. No, no. But I'm healing up okay. The bed sores are sealing up. That's that's always good when they start sealing up, isn't it? We're visiting with Linda David. Uh, a horrible story. She was held prisoner by her husband for 24 years on a filthy sailboat. Uh, and it says it here. A, uh, it was one of those sunfish. Sunfish? I'm, I'm not familiar with sailboats. Is that a brand? Something. Well, thank goodness it wasn't a catamaran. I would think that would expose you to the elements. Yeah. It was, it was covered. It was, it was covered. 
Now, what happened to the sailboat? Uh, actually, I bought it at auction, and uh, I moved it down here to South Beach. Rehabbed it? Uh, I waxed it a little, you know, and put a new sail on it. Take it out every once in a while. It says here that you were left blind. Oh, I didn't remember. Well, I don't mean to bring up bad news. I mean, if you didn't remember, you don't remember, so. Well, I, I just appreciate you reminded me about facts of the story that I overlooked. Yeah, I know, because... Yeah, you know, because of the brain damage, you don't have memory. Right. Now, uh, Linda, I don't know if you've ever heard the show before, but we have a guy that works on the show named Scott Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, are you okay? Your, your voice sounded like it was a little lower there. Linda, you okay? You need to wake up. You sound a little sleepy. Sorry, my my son picked up the phone. Junior, put the phone down. So, Linda, we have a guy on our show named Scott uh, Jones, and Scott Jones had a 0.0, .0 GPA from uh, from college. Yes. And we think that he may be a good match for you. Really? I am starting to date again. Scott, any interest? Do you have a girlfriend or anything like that? I have a girlfriend, sorry. Well, maybe just go out on one date with Lyndon and see how it goes. Nah. I'm, I'm blind. Yeah, <laughs> she's not going to be bugged by the unibrow, Scott. Oh, he's got a unibrow. That's deal breaker. Uh, oh, no, Linda, come on. Don't be, don't be so particular. You can't be too choosy. I may be mentally challenged and blind. <laughs> James Conn ankles, but I'm not going to go out with a man with a unibrow. Oh, Linda. Well, we'll do something about the unibrow. We'll all pitch in and, and get the run a Toro between the eyebrows there and see if we can get rid of some of that on Scott. All right, Scott, uh, you want to kind of talk to Linda and just kind of get to know her? Not really. Oh, come on. Let's just feel each other out here. So can you walk, Linda? Yeah, yeah. Pretty slow, but I get around. But you can't see? No, no, that's what blind means, Scott. Apparently, you're just learning this too, Linda. Now, Scott, come on. Don't be insulting. Be not, be how not. do you know Junior's the one that took the phone away? What? She only has one son. Ah, uh, so he moved to South Beach with you? Yep. Obviously so, if you picked up the phone, Scott. Story's a little confusing, Gordon, I'm sorry. Well, what's confusing about it? The fact that she just figured out she was blind? No, I forgot. I didn't just figure out. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, Scott, I'm going to ask uh, each of you a question. Scott, you get first crack at this because you have the <laughs> gift of sight. <clears throat> In Richard Nixon's second term, who was his vice president? Scott? Don't know. Well, give it a shot, Scott. I don't know. Well, guess. Johnson. Wrong idiot. All right, <laughs> Linda, now you've been out of the loop for a while, but uh, this was 24 years ago. 24 years you've been out of the loop. 
Now, do you know the answer? Who in Richard Dixon's second term was vice president? That's right. Good job, Linda. All right. Right now it is one nothing. Uh, Linda, the uh, blind and brain damaged woman from the filthy sailboat, going up against Scott Jones, our board operator. Let's do states and capitals. <laughs> All right. Second question. Scott. Yes, Gordon. Name one country that borders Spain. Scott? I'm thinking. One country that borders Spain. I don't know. France. Did you get any help, Scott? No, I really didn't. That is correct. Yes. Scott evens it up at one all. Actually, we're not going to give you that point yet until you give me another country I that can't. borders Spain. Hmm. Italy. Oh, no. Scott, you, you almost had the, the question. You almost had the answer correct for the question. All right, Scott. Uh, it's still one nothing right now with Linda. Linda has a chance to double her lead. Uh, Linda, name a country other than France that borders Spain. Portugal? That would be correct. Good job, Linda. Linda David, the uh, woman that is blind and brain damaged from the filthy sailboat, leads Scott two to nothing right now. Scott, what's up? Scott, come on. What, what's going on with you? I got that second one right. I think I'm getting screwed on this. No, no, no. It was, uh, you have to name two countries. Oh. Listen to the question. Yeah, you Let's have to pay and capitals. I'm good at those. Okay. What is the capital of Washington, D.C.? That's not a state. No, it's not a state. But it's pretty darn close. What is the capital, Scott, of Washington, D.C.? I don't know. Well, guess. I didn't think it had one. Well, you have to take a guess. Um, the What's White the House. I don't know. The White House is your guess. <laughs> I said I didn't think there was I'm sorry, one. Scott. Uh, you're incorrect there. The White House is not the correct answer, and that was your final answer. All right, we go to Linda David, the woman on the filthy sailboat with the James Conn legs. Linda, what is the capital of Washington, D.C.? There isn't one. That is correct. Good job, that's, Linda. That's not what I said. That is three to nothing. I think I got screwed I'm sorry, on Scott. Too. Your final answer was indeed the White House, and we're going to have to count your final answer there. Okay? Good job, Scott. Good job, Unibrow. <laughs> okay, yes. All right. Scott, name a couple of countries in North America. Canada, Mexico, United States. Okay, the question was name a couple, which of course represents the number two uh, countries in the North America. And you said uh, Canada and Mexico, right? U.S. Is that correct? Yeah. We're going to have to disallow your answer because you didn't mention America, which is the most obvious one. What's the U.S.? Right, but you didn't say that. I said U.S. What, you didn't say it within the first two, Scott. Now, don't argue with me. These are the rules of the game that you agreed to before the game. So 
We're going to disqualify your answer and ask Linda David from the Filthy Sailboat, name two countries that are in the continent known as North America. Well, in order of importance, America and then Canada. That is correct. Good job, Linda. Listen to this. Scott, you're getting skunked here. Man, this sucks. What is it, four to nothing or three to nothing? Four. I'm getting screwed. Four to nothing. Wow. All right, uh, Scott, we're going to let you choose the subject here. Not geography or history. Not geography or history. Okay. So Fair that'd, enough. That'd be math. No, not math either. All right. That's good that you didn't choose uh, geography or history there, Scott, because uh, the questions were going to involve state capitals. So Damn it. you once again eliminated those subjects. All right, Scott, uh, you choose math. All right. No. In algebra, we have often made fun of on this show the FOIL method of problem solving. The FOIL method. Scott, what does FOIL stand for? First, outer, inner, last. Is that your final answer, Scott? Yeah. Giving you one more chance. Yeah. I'm sure it's wrong as hell, but yeah. Uh, what's, okay, we're just receiving word right now that that answer was fed to you, and once again, we're going to no, have to disqualify the answer. That's okay. At me. All right. That was disqualified, Scott, and I have to warn you, that if, you that if you attempt to cheat one more time, you will be kicked out of the contest. <laughs> I did not cheat, Gordon. All right, now we go to Linda David. Linda, what does the FOIL method stand for? First, outer, inner, last. That is correct. Good job, Linda. Scott, this one was on a filthy sailboat for 24 years imprisoned with Jimmy Conn legs. He should have drowned your old ass. You made it, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. The Ticket. The Ticket. Dallas-Fort Worth's original all-sports station. Sports and information every 20 minutes on The Ticket Ticker at 10, 30, and 50. With Doug Anderson and... Richard Hunter, and uh, for some reason he left too. Why'd that, you leave us? That needs to be edited at the end there. Thought you were gonna go to a bit. Well, I don't know. I mean, Scott's got to queue it up, and no telling how oh. long that takes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we need to figure out which store we're gonna do here. Um, oh, this is an interesting one out of Idaho. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of Idaho. An Idaho man arrested for drunken driving has failed, I'm sorry, has filed a claim What? against the town of Orofino, Idaho, saying that he was having a heart attack when he was pulled over. This cop pulls him over two blocks from the hospital, saying his driving was a little erratic. <laughs> the guy tells the officer, look, I'm having chest pains, I'm trying to go to the hospital. The officer says uh, he didn't want to hear that, Get outside. We're going to do some field sobriety testing right now. So the guy puts him through all kind of field sobriety tests. He was arrested for drunken driving. When he finally gets to the hospital, he found out he was having a heart attack all along, and the test showed that he had no alcohol in his bloodstream. He Doug said, Anderson. He's asking for half a million dollars. Boy, I'd be asking damages. for more than that. So would I. I mean, that is jackpot right there. 
I mean, he's fortunate that he didn't die. Right. It was a mild attack. That's got to be uh, that's got to be a ten million dollar thing right there. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, if if the woman on the boat gets six million. Well, well, I don't know. Is that how much she got? Isn't that what she got? I think she got nine million. Nine million. A woman on the boat. So yeah. the, the heart as well as a guest shot on yeah. the ramp. The heart attack guy should get a million. I mean, because she spent 24 years on a boat. Six, yeah. Six million. I mean, this is only five minutes of the guy's life, but he could have died, so. Right. A million, I think, is fair. And if he did die, that family should get 50 million minimum. That's the price I'm putting on his life. <laughs> Even though he's probably a spare. Yeah. And does the cop lose his gig over that? No, the city's uh, kind of backing the cop and says that the claim is frivolous. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Victim described shark attack. Flushed ring is returned. Controversial play opens amid protests. Yay. Married archbishop and Vatican agree to reconcile. Mom accused boy smoking crack. Let's do the crack story. The one Doug I, Anderson. It's the one I haven't previewed yet. <laughs> well, maybe it's good. A Premont woman. Premont? Where's that? That's Texas, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, it is, Texas. Yeah, yeah it's Texas. A Premont yeah. woman accused of smoking crack with her 12-year-old son is free on bond. She's charged with felony injury to a child. Uh, Jim Wells County Sheriff's deputies Thursday arrested 31-year-old Casimira Mata. Hmm. Guilty. You, based on the name? Yeah. Good Lord. You can just tell. She was released yesterday on a $5,000 bond. Authorities say Mata has five children. Uh, investigators have found evidence to indicate that she did drugs with her second oldest son. Why not the oldest? Was he not cool? I guess not. He was unhip. He was, he was a bookish type. <laughs> He's a studious lad. Uh, authorities... Oh, the boy told authorities that he'd been using crack since he was nine. Hmm. With his mom? I guess so. Wow. Authorities suspect Mata and her son usually smoked crack together several times a week. The mother summoned help on July 10th when she noticed the boy was unconscious and foaming at the mouth. It's taking the cool mom thing to an extreme, isn't it? Yeah. Couldn't <laughs> do that. Artie, we have the bit queued up? No. Okay. Uh. All right. How about the guy? Or after the Reiner thing. What Reiner thing? Now that Reiner on, talking with George. I don't know, Scott. Just find it. It's too late now. Jeez. Yeah. The opening night of a play in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This play features a gay Christ-like character. They say the opening was marked by shouting matches outside the theater. About 25 people protested the performance of Corpus Christi. It's the name of the play. We've talked about that before on the air, this play, Corpus Christi. But they're performing at the Indiana University, Purdue University campus in Fort Wayne. Some of the protesters carried signs that read, Repent, Turn, or Burn, and Jesus is Love but Hates Sin. Christian conservatives consider the play blasphemous and a misuse of taxpayer money. Twice they asked federal judges to halt the production or move it off campus, but the courts decided that they were going to side with the university officials who cited academic freedom in allowing the student-produced play. Good for them. You're against the play? No, I'm for the play. 
I mean, I'm for the the I'm for the concept of the play. Meaning, that, what's the concept? The well, not the gay concept. Jesus? The, no, not the concept of the play itself, but the concept that you can have a play like that and have it be aired in a public forum. Artistic expression. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm for. Freedom of speech, baby. Give me the Bill of Rights. What if you had a play about child pornography? You for that? If it's handled in a tasteful way. <laughs> okay, as long as it's tasteful. <laughs> Doug Anderson. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you as well. The play should be allowed to occur, but at the same time, I'm really annoyed by the people that are putting on the play. Annoyed shock value? Yeah. Yeah, thinking that they're just going for... I mean, that their, their message of love one another, which I think is kind of the theme of the play could only be carried out by a gay Christ figure. I guess they're taking it to extremes. Yeah. Well, see, if you... It, it's, you know what it is? It's a, it's a young person who's cute with immortality, is what it is. I mean, that's totally it. You well, know? see, if, if they produce the play about a Christ-like character telling people to love one another, then they come off looking like right-wing conservatives. Right. But they give it that little twist, and they make it a gay Christ-like character. Right. Then they're hip. Right. They're wild and crazy. I mean, I just... I don't... It just seems strange to me that you would attack anyone's religion. Or, you know, I mean... We don't do gay Buddha plays and stuff like that. Even people who aren't Buddhist. That's yeah, a good it's, idea. It's I'm only start fun, It's only fun to poke at this particular religion, it seems like. And I wonder why that is. Yeah, because it's the most popular. Well, that, and I think because also there have been some people that set bad examples of Christianity throughout the years. Right. Uh, I'm yeah. But, but a, why don't we ever hear about the bad example Buddhists? Exactly. There are people that set bad examples in every walk of life. But we religion. don't want to pay attention to that because the fashionable liberalism of the collegiate world right. is you need to bash Christianity. You have your set, uh, you have your little canon of liberal beliefs that you have to accept once you enter into college. Right. Well, we all know college isn't the real world either. You know? I am going to write a play tonight about Buddha and Muhammad sharing a flat above a hair salon no, in, in Soho. No, Dave, no, that's not what we want to do. We need to support religions. What would you call that play? <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't be Corpus Christi, because it really wouldn't be no. relevant. Trimming and uncut? <laughs> what? Shrooming and uncut? <laughs> no, trimming and uncut. Huh. <laughs> Now, Doug, you're against religion, right? No, I'm for religion. I thought you were an atheist. No. That's Richard Hunter. Oh, yeah, he's agnostic. agnostic. Yeah. No, I, I, was, I was actually baptized this year. This year? Yes, earlier this year. I didn't try, know this. Did you know this, Try anything day? to get you out of this rut you're in? <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> thanks for asking, but no. Uh, no, actually, I got baptized the day after I got baptized. I got fired from Merge. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God didn't like your decision. <laughs> no, I guess he did. He was basically saying thanks, to, but no thanks to Doogie. <laughs> Either that or maybe he just feels he like Merge is evil or something. Yeah. Oh, he's, he was just throwing a test at, it, at you right away. So yeah. He really right. meant it. I got immediately tested. Right. Yeah, maybe he didn't like the Merge's playlist. Yeah. And he was sending a well, message play to this Scott song. Strong. They play this song, Losing right. My Religion. Who and does like the Merge playlist? I think it's good now, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't listened in a while. I don't know. I'm just taking a shot. Oh. Well, don't take shots. They're a sister station. But no, I'm I'm for religion. But I also feel like, you know, 
it's not anybody else's place to judge, you know, your religion. Like, like people that say turn or burn or whatever. It's not your place to say that. If, you, if indeed there is a heaven mm -hmm. and you get up there, then you're going to be judged by... Right. Who is in charge of that? Not the people that are so you down mean, here. You mean by judge? How are you using the word judge? I mean, if if indeed you have to account for your life, yeah. at some point, sure. The people that are down here with you are not the ones that are going to serve as your jury. It's uh -huh. going to be a higher power. So right. they don't have a so, jury of your peers in heaven. I don't right. think so. So God doesn't respect our legal system. <laughs> no, I don't think He does. Hmm. Interesting. And Dave, you're uh, I'm Catholic. Catholic. You're Catholic. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so what do you think about the play? I, I have no problem with it. Doesn't bother you in the least? No. I mean, God did have a slender swimmer's build. I mean, Jesus did. Okay. Fair enough. So, I mean, I can understand but how people might... But you can't even get slightly annoyed by... I, I'm, anno I'm annoyed by the people. I'm past that. I'm past that. I, I don't let those, those people who... Uh, who, I, who I try and jab at religion just to get under people's skin. I don't yeah. let that people, I don't let them get under my skin. Well, what, it's a waste what of energy. But what annoys me about them, I don't care if they jab at, at other people and get up under, you know, right-winger skin. What, I, what bugs me is that they actually think that they're right about something. They actually think that what they're doing is somehow cute and, and meaningful. And that's what annoys me is the cockiness that goes along with it. Well, people in college think they can actually make a difference. I, I just and don't. We all know you can't. Nobody can. Oh, I think you can make no, a difference. Nobody can. No, I think that you can make a difference. It's just that they're so the Pope doesn't make a difference. No, it's just that they get Nobody really skewed. Sucks. Good Lord, Dookie. Oh wow. Well, that sounds like Sorry, the Pope of Christianity, there, doesn't it? That's my. Uh, that's my. <laughs> oh wow. My pocketbook talking. <laughs> anyway. Well, not to get derailed into a whole religious discussion. Uh, oh, we're already late, aren't we? Yeah. So okay. Go ahead. Well, we'll continue to mix with <laughs> Dick and Doogie next. Yeah, where's yeah, Dick? We'll bring Dick into the mix here in a minute. Yeah. All right. Uh, right now, it's 11.54 on the ticket. No, no, no. <laughs> the ticket. You're listening to Dallas-Fort Worth's original all-sports station, The Ticket, established in 1994. The Ticket has three convenient locations, 1310 AM, 1700 AM, and our newest location, 104.1 FM. Big name guests, sports information on the ticket tickers at 10, 30, and 50 past the hour, and the local personalities you love. Good morning to you. Three locations, same wheels off station. 1310 AM, 1700 AM, and now in Denton and Collin counties on crystal clear, sweet, clean 104.1 FM. Sports Radio, 1310, The Ticket. www.theticket.com. Oh, hey. hey! Let's uh, talk about Frank Parr Autoplex for a second, David. Wow. Frank Parr Autoplex is your home... I've never heard home. you talk about them before. I'm excited about this discussion. Calm down about some stuff. Frank Parr Autoplex is your home for Chevrolets, David, and... Uh, <laughs> can't find the copy? Yeah, I'm looking for my sheet. I can't find my sheet, but here's one right here. You can go on in and check out their selection of coupes, convertibles. These are uh, Corvettes I'm talking about, by the way. Oh, yeah. Coupes and convertibles, and for a limited time, you can get $4,000 off on all 2001 Corvette Z06s in stock. Or how about an SUV, David? Yeah. Well, you can get 1.9% APR for 36 months or get a $1,500 customer rebate off Chevy Suburbans and Tahoes. Wow. I like the Tahoe. And you know what I'm driving, Dave? Avalanche. The Chevy Avalanche. I saw it downstairs. They've got it down at Frank Parr Autoplex. Is it a pickup or is it an SUV? Decide for yourself when you can go and uh, check out uh, over 50 Avalanches at the Frank Parr Autoplex. Yeah. 
Located one mile west really? of Texas Stadium on Highway 183 in Irving, home to home to the Avalanche, the Corvette, and the Suburban. Yeah. We'll be there. One mile west of, <laughs> one mile west of Texas Stadium, Highway 183 in Irving. Power people and power prices make the difference at Frank Parra. www.frankparra.com Parra people and Parra prices make the difference at Frank Parra. At NTB National Tire and Battery, we talk about tire pressure, proper balancing, our one-hour installation guarantee. But sometimes we forget to say the one thing that matters most to you, our customers. Thanks. We thought about giving you a big hug or a dozen roses, maybe even a nice box of bonbons. But we install tires, torque lug nuts, operate air-powered wrenches, run hydraulic lifts, install shocks and struts. So we decided instead of whispering sweet nothings in your ear, why not give you a free die-hard battery? That's why when you come into any National Tire and Battery store by August 25th and buy four new Michelin tires, we'll give you a die-hard weather handler battery absolutely free. It's just our little way of saying thanks. See store for details. Free die-hard offer only good with trade-in. So call 1-877-SHOP-NTB for a National Tire and Battery store near you. And just be glad we're not the flower types. NTB. We know tires. I'm Johnny Sponsler, preseason game number dose tonight. That story and all the latest sports news next on The Ticker. A North Texas family has been struck by tragedy, and you've got a chance to help them in their time of need. April Bryant is the 10-year-old girl killed recently in Corsicana. And Jerry Reynolds, owner of Prestige Ford, has written a check for $5,000 and started a fund to pay for April's funeral. If you'd like to help, send your donation to the April Bryant Fund, 3401 South Garland Road, Garland, Texas, 75041. Or stop by Prestige Ford at 635 in Garland Road. Tonight, the Broncos will be on the AstroTurf at Texas Stadium playing a meaningless preseason game against the Cowboys. Tony Banks will start for Dave Campo. And according to Campo, if the players do what the coaches say, then the boys have a good chance of winning the game tonight. And if they submit to coaching, we've got a chance to win. And I think that I'll see, you know, Saturday night if we continue the intensity and everything that we have.